I'm Christina May, the online pastor at World Harvest Church in Enid, Oklahoma. You're about to hear a spirit-filled message from our pastor. So grab your Bible, and if you're a coffee lover like me, grab a cup of coffee and get ready for a personal word that God has for you today. All right, well, let's grab our Bibles and grab our devices and get ready to get into the Word of God here today. Here at World Harvest Church, we are devoted to the Word of God. We love the Word of God. So anybody ready for the Word of God today? Amen. We're excited for the Word of God. So I need you to just really pray with me just probably a little more than you would normally. Uh, I am getting ready to dive into a message that I have been sorting through really for the last couple of weeks. And like I told the first service, I am not honestly 100% sure how this is going to come out today. But I know there's something inside of me that the Lord wants to get out. You know, as a pastor, when, there's a lot of times I'll sort through the message throughout the week. And I kind of really got a good sense of this, 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 and this, and this. But this message today, I tell you, it's just, I'm just going to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. So y'all all right with that? Yeah. Everybody all right with that? Uh, let me just give a little bit more disclaimer. Most likely, somebody will get offended by my message today. So you're going to have to give me some grace today. Amen. In fact, I want everybody to say, I love my pastor. I love my pastor. And I forgive my pastor, my pastor if he offends me. Amen. <laughs> But then you need to say, I may need it. There you go. Let's add that. All right. Let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you've already done in this service today, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I just, I'm just sorting. You know what's going on in my heart. I know those things that you've been speaking to me over these last two weeks, Lord God. So Lord, first of all, I just want to yield myself to you here this morning, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I only want to speak what you want me to speak, Lord God. Father, not my, what I think needs to be spoken, but Lord, what you want today. Father, we are a church and we are a people that love you and we love your word. We place great value on that, Lord God. So Lord, I just ask that you will help us all to see what you want us to see and help us all to hear what you want us to hear today, Lord God, in these very much crazy times that we're in, Lord God. We need to hear your voice Louder than we've ever heard it before. We need to feel your presence more than we've ever felt it before, Lord God. It's these things we ask today in your name. Everybody say it loud, loud and proud with me. Amen and amen. You can open up your Bible with me to the book of Matthew chapter 12. And we're going to dive into the third part teaching that we've been in for the last couple of weeks entitled Stones, Wedges, and Bridges. And we've really been taking a hard look in this series of how that we are supposed to represent Jesus in this crazy world that we're living in today, not just taking his light, not just taking the word, but really being Jesus in the real world that we live in today. We've looked over the last few weeks what Jesus commanded us in scripture when he was asked, what is the greatest commandment, what's the greatest thing that needs to be done? You know, if you could sum up all the gospel into one thing, he was really asked, you know, what is that? And his response, as you remember that, was really twofold. He said, listen, if you can just love God, come on, how many of y'all love God today? Yeah. Amen. Anybody have any problem with loving God? Hopefully not. Come on. Come on. How many of y'all are loving God? You're, you're excited about it. Anybody love God here? Yeah. I mean, I love the passion. Love the passion. But he also said that 
you got to love God, but you also got to love your neighbor as yourself. And like I alluded to a moment ago, the loving God's, you know, halfway pretty easy. It's the loving our neighbors. It's loving people that we are finding difficult. It's loving the, the world around us. And, and I've been saying this way, you know, if, um, if it wasn't for some crazies in our world, we'd have this Z down, right? Come on now. How many of y'all got somebody crazy in your world? Anybody besides me, you know? Of course, I always like to say, if you don't have somebody crazy in your world, it's probably because it's you, you know, because like, everybody's got some crazies in their world. So we've been really have been working through this whole concept of how that even in very divisive times in uh, the culture that is becoming so polarized by the issues, what is, what do we do? What's our response as God-fearing people, as Christians? If we love God and if we love people, how do we, how do, how do we get through this season? How do we get through these times? In fact, whenever we went into the pandemic, you know, a year and a half ago, my prayer was this, Lord, as the leader of a church of about 600 people, help me to navigate, give me the wisdom, the the discernment to, to navigate us as a church through the times that we're in. Because we're in times like never before. I like what a, a pastor said just the other day. I heard him say, he says, well, he says, I got some good news for you. He said, the next time that we go into a pandemic with all this race riots, the division, he says, the good news is you're gonna know exactly what to do. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I hope you don't have to go through that again, right? But, and so this message series that I've been in is, is really kind of the results of me just seeking God for wisdom for this season that we're in. Cause, let me, is anybody confused? Right? You don't have to raise your hand, but we're living in very confusing times. There's so much going on around about us. There's a lot of moving parts to our culture today. And, and if we're not careful, we will allow the confusion of our culture to invade our lives. And the pandemic that we've that we're coming out of, whatever that looks like, I don't know, but the pandemic we're coming out of is not, was not just about, uh, about COVID. COVID was, was just one piece of it. And I tell you, people are still dying from COVID. It's a very serious issue. But on the same hand, we got this pandemic of, uh, uh, of strife and division and just all this ugliness going on in the world. And it's, it's creating damage too also. We, we see marriages just... Uh, divorce is happening at a higher rate. I've never seen it so bad before. We see mental health issues now skyrocketing. We see all this stuff happening in our culture. So what, what is our role in this? So let's just dive into this here today. If you would look with me in Matthew chapter 12, I want you to see some things that Jesus said here. And I'm going to read it to you out of the Passion Translation. So if you're following along digitally, Follow along with me in the Passion Translation. I know most likely you don't have a Passion Bible in your lap right now, so you can follow along the screen if you want to with me. But in Matthew chapter 12, verse 33, let's look and see what Jesus said here. He said this. He says, you must determine if a tree is good or if it is rotten. You can recognize good trees by their what? Delicious fruit. Anybody reaping some fruit from your gardens or your trees yet this year? I mean, I like getting into fall time. One of my favorite things about fall is Tammy's apple pie. You know what I'm talking about. Come on, apple pie season is just around the corner. He says, but if you find rotten fruit, he said, you can be certain that the tree is rotten. Look at this. The fruit defines the tree, verse 34. But you who are known as the Pharisees, <laughs> look at this, Jesus said, you're rotten to the core. 
You've been poisoned by the nature of a venomous snake. How can your words be good and trustworthy if you are rotten within? For what has been stored up in your hearts will be heard in the overflow of your what? Come on, everybody say words. Verse 35. When virtue is stored within, the hearts of a good and upright people will produce, everybody say it with me, what? Good fruit. But when evil is hidden within, those who are evil will produce evil fruit. Verse 36, come on, stay, stay on track with me. You can be sure of this, that when the day of judgment comes, everyone will be held accountable for every careless word that he has spoken. Verse 37, your very words will be used as evidence against you. And your words would declare that you are either innocent or that you are guilty. What a powerful passage of scripture that we see Jesus speak. Talking about the importance of our words and really how our words come from what's going on deep down inside of us. You know, if you would, for just a moment, think with me about your life over these last seven days, your last week that you've lived. You know, in this crazy times that we're living in, you know, you think about your social media posts. Think about the words that you said. Let me ask you a question. Would you be comfortable with me taking your social media post and putting it up here on the screen for everybody to see? Now, some of you are like, yeah, no problem. But there was like, no way. Or would you be comfortable with us playing an audio clip from some of your conversations that you had this week? Now, Jesus, here he's talking about here, what comes out of us, the words that we speak is simply a result of what's going on deep down inside of us. See, this passage gives us a tremendous look at an issue that we need to take a hard look and wrap our minds around its meaning here. Let's dive into this here for just a few moments here, and let's see how we're made. Let's see how God created us, all right? Now, first and foremost of all, we see here that the tree concept, the tree analogy here, and I love this, where he talks about a tree, and we see throughout scriptures many times, we are referred to as like a tree. Psalms chapter 1. Talks about a tree being planted by the rivers of living water. You know, that we're going to bear fruit in every season, right? We'll bear fruits in good season and bad season, all right? So again, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, he says, you must determine if a tree is good or rotten. You can recognize good trees by it. Come on, everybody say it with me, by what? So when we look at our life, how can we determine if our life is good or not? By the fruit. Everybody say the fruit. In other words, by what we produce, all right? So just to help us to better understand this, uh, I just need to take you on a little bit of a journey here. So a tree we understand has different parts of the tree, all right? So let's look here at this first. This is what we know if when we're looking at our personal lives here, the root systems of our life is what we call our belief system. Every one of us have a belief system. That is the root of your life. The belief system is really what you believe to be true. Okay, so what we believe to be true, our belief system is really, I could really go into a long list here, but it's made up of our experiences. Your experiences create a belief system, all right? Your education, the way you was educated is, there's a belief, it affects your belief systems, your education. Your traditions creates part of your belief system, okay, right? Your personality that creates party that's that's all in the foundation of your life now if we look at the trunk of the tree it's out of our belief systems that our convictions manifest our convictions are basically what we value all right so 
belief system, then we have our convictions, what we value, then it is out of our convictions that produces our what? Come on, everybody say behavior. Our behavior is what? What we do, correct? Now, when you think about this graphic right here, where do we spend the majority of our time trying to adjust or correct? Behavior. Yeah, we've got parents. Where's the majority of our time that you're trying to correct your kids? What they did. Now, the issue of what they do is simply based upon a value, which is based upon a belief system. So if I really want to change my behavior, I need to pull back some layers and go into the belief system. Because my belief system it produces a value in my life and it produces, do you guys see that? But, but, uh, it produces what we do, okay? Uh, hey, this side, north side, the special side, I just now saw the diamond up there. Rejoice in the diamond. This is your last Sunday with a diamond on the screen. We're getting new, new projectors are, will be here Tuesday and Wednesday. So, so enjoy the diamond on your screen. Those of you are like, what are you talking about, pastor? Yes, there is a diamond on the screen. I see it up there. So that's because the screen, the, the projectors are going out. So, okay, so from our behavior then, after our behavior then, we have the results of our life, the fruit. This is what Jesus was saying. You're gonna know the tree by its what? By its fruit. In other words, what we produce in our lives. Let me just show you. you know, here we are on a Sunday morning. Somehow, someway, you decided for your behavior to get you to church. You came to church. Those of you tuned in online, you clicked on the link there. You tuned into church. That is a behavior that you are experiencing right now. Why did you do that? Why did you come to church? Most likely, there was a value somewhere in your life that you either... Uh, you are like, you're looking for some help. You're looking for answers. So you're like, if I can just get to church or you're like, well, it's what we do. I've got a conviction of church. I've got a conviction that I attend church. Okay. But why do I have that conviction? Why is it a value? Because it's in my belief system. Uh, let, let me just ask this question real quick. I need some response. How many of y'all like me? You grew up going to church. Let me see some hands. Come on, hold them up. How many of y'all grew up going to church? Now look around the room right quick. Isn't it kind of any wonder that you're in church? Why? Because it is part of your belief system, your, your traditions, your experience, your education, everything there, what you believe to be true created a value that got you to church today. Now, of course, my prayer that you're in church today is that, that you're gonna see some results in your life today, amen? That you're gonna experience some greater joy in your life because you came to church today that you're gonna experience some greater peace in your life because you came to church today. Not because you walked through the doors, but because you're in an atmosphere and a culture where hope and faith and joy and peace and all that is, a, is just abundant here in this place today. Come on, anybody with me today? Come on, anybody glad you came to church today? Because there's something that got you here. And that's something you can really peel back the, later, the layers. And so it's a whole concept of what, what, you know, somebody that comes to Christ, how do you produce a value in their life? Because see, this is what's happened over the last year and a half because there was the shutdown. Now what has happened in so many people's lives, we have lost the conviction. We have lost the value for corporate worship. Now, I'm not talking about y'all that are here, those that tune in online, you, online right now. Let me tell you, there's a lot of people that used to be plugged into a body, to a local fellowship that are not now because they found out that life still happened without me going to church. It was a challenge to every one of our value systems where church was a value. 
But it all goes through this process. So listen, it's not about behavior modification. Parents, it's not about controlling your child's behavior. If you will pull down into the root system of your life, that's why the word of God says, this is train up a child in the way that they shall go. And as they grow older, they will not depart from it. That's why it's important, parents. You've got those few years. You've got to play, establish a belief system that, that produces a value for God's word in their lives. Anybody with me here at World Harvest Church today? Amen. So let's continue our discussion here. Our belief system, again, it's what we believe to be true. Everybody say true. Now, this is my first point to this entire message here today. We got to understand that truth today has been obscured. Mm, 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 mm. What is truth? It's a hot topic. Okay. Can I, can I give you a little example? This happened in my life just yesterday. So, so now... Again, I'm going to probably offend somebody today, but do, you avoid the sin of being offended, okay? Because in this series, Stones, we've talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Listen, we can be stone throwers in a world. The, the guys brought this woman that caught an adultery to Jesus and, and said, what should we do with her? The law said that she needed to be stoned to death. But Jesus said, he who hath not sinned, let him do what? Cast the first stone. We still have people sitting around bringing judgment to people. You don't act like me. You don't think like me. I'm going to stand behind my digital wall and I'm going to throw stones at you. All right? Come on. We were never meant to be judges. We were meant to be lovers. The love of God. Amen. So we've talked about stones. We've talked about the wedges. The wedges, right? A wedge happens whenever there's an initial offense. Come on. Anybody ever have some... Offense in your life, somebody hurts you, somebody do you wrong? Well, an offense, if it is not properly dealt with, can easily, you can drive it. What does a wedge do? A wedge creates what? Division. If I take, come on, all y'all know what happens on a wedge there. If I was to take this wedge and just continue to beat upon that thing, I would eventually divide that log. We talked about that last Sunday. We got too many stone throwers in our culture. Come on, look at your name and tell them, stop throwing stones. But if we're not careful, we will allow division, we will allow hurt, we will allow pain to create wedges in our lives. And when I talk about the wedge, we're going into the foundation to the belief system of our life, okay? So here's this example real quick. Listen to this. So yesterday morning, I, I get the newspaper. I try to halfway, I like to know what's going on and eat it around. So I read this story. Can I read you just short three paragraphs of this story, all right? And just to brace yourself, this story I'm going to read you refer, read, refers to the presidential election we came out of. I know y'all like, oh, do we have to go there, Pastor? I am not getting political today. I want you to understand. I'm not getting political. But I just need to show you an example. So yesterday I read this story. Just the first three paragraphs starts this way. A, Rep a Republican-backed review of the 2020 presidential election in Arizona's largest county ended Friday without producing proof to support former President Donald Trump's false claims of a stolen election. After six months of searching for evidence of fraud, the firm hired by Republican lawmakers issued a report that experts described as riddled with errors, 
bias, and flawed methodology. But still, even that partisan review came up with a vote tally that would not have altered the outcome, finding that Biden won by 360 more votes than the official results certified last year. The finding was an embarrassing end to a widely criticized and at times bizarre quest to prove allegations that election officials and courts have rejected. It is, has no bearing on the final certified results. That was in the paper. And so I'm just having a conversation with Tammy. I said, check out this article. I read her article. She goes, uh, well, that's not what one of our kids said. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, one of our kids, and I will keep them nameless to protect their identity for today. <laughs> so she said, well, our child there said, this is what the report said, that the report was riddled with errors and it was a major flaw and it affected the election. And immediately I'm like, which is true. Do you see the problem we have in our culture today? What is truth? What is truth? Well, you, you think about our personal lives. We got some people that, that uh, display some behaviors and they're perfectly fine. Well, there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. We justify it. What's true? If the basis of our life is truth, the problem that we have, I think, is we got this absolute truth versus what we call relativism, or it, we can call it this way, it is perceived truth. What is perceived? We, and this is the whole issue. You hear the whole fake news thing. Church, I want to be honest with you. I don't know what to believe anymore. Anybody else confused like me when it comes to the issues, the hot topics of our culture today? We're living in confusing times. You listen to one thing and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. You, listen. you know what I've learned? Whatever I hear, I'm gonna filter it through my bias of my values and my behavior that leads to my belief system. And that's why you can hear one person say one thing and get two totally thing, different things out of it. It's hard. Anybody with me here today? Yeah. Come on, we've lived this. Do we wear a mask? Do we not wear a mask? Do we get vaccinated? Do we not get vaccinated? Anybody with me? Listen, I just felt led by the Holy Spirit. I just need to just help some of y'all out that are struggling with it because there's a lot of people struggling right now. Bottom line is this. You got to hear what God is telling you to do and don't let anybody else tell you differently in that, okay? Listen, let me just say this. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I just, I just need you to know you have got to hear God for yourself because there's this, all these voices, there's all this stuff coming at us today. And you got to be able to decide what truth is for you, all right? Now, hang on. I'm going to complete that sentence right quick. It comes down to you being obedient. Some of y'all are facing uh, possible job loss if you don't do, take the vaccine. You've got a core conviction that I don't want to take it, but you're being forced to. Listen, you're going to have to do one of two things. You're either going to have to believe God for a new job. It may come to that. Or you're going to have to believe God that no deadly thing that touches your body will prosper in Jesus' name. No plague. In other words, Hebrews eleven six, 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So whatever you make the decision on, you hear from God and then you trust God in that. Amen? Everybody okay with that? I just needed to say that. I just, I just felt like somebody needed to hear that. You've got to come down. What is God telling you? In other words, what is not the perceived truth, but what is the absolute truth of the word of God? And let me tell you, there are some things that you're not gonna find absolute truth in the, uh, let me rephrase that. The, uh, the word is the absolute truth of the word of God when it comes to biblical things. But there's just some things out there you're not gonna find in the word of God to wear a mask or not to wear a mask. 
So that's where you got to hear from God what is God telling you to do. Amen? And so when we process through all this, I love what that scripture says there in Psalms 119, verse 11. He says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. That's the problem we have so much with our society today. We have all this behavior going on in the world today. But listen, what what would it be like if we all turned our heart towards the word of God and stood on the word of God in our lives? Anybody with me here at World Harvest Church today? Amen. Amen. So we see this, that our belief system produces convictions, produces our behavior, produces the results of our life. So what is truth? That's the problem. That's what we struggle with. Jesus said it so beautifully well. In John chapter 8, verse 31, he said this. Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, if you abide in my word. Can we throw that scripture up there? I don't have it here on my PowerPoint. John chapter 8, verse 31. Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you will, what? Abide in my word. Everybody say, abide in my word then you will be my what? Disciples. Indeed, the next verse says it so well. He says on this, he says, you will know. Come on, everybody say it with me loud and proud. You will know the truth and the truth shall make you free. What was Jesus talking about? Was he talking about Fox News or CNN? Absolutely not. Was he talking about the associated? No, he was talking about the truth of the word of God. If we will base our life up on the truth of the word of God, everything is going to work its way out. We got to get back to the realization that the word of God is true for all of us. It's not relative. Relative uh, Relativity believes this, that truth is situational. Let me tell you, if truth is situational, that means there is no absolute truth. That's what the world says. I believe in an absolute truth in the word of God. You've got to base your life upon that, folks, if we're going to make it through these crazy times that we're living in today. So look, look with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Let's, so there's so many differing opinions out there, is there not? There's so many different beliefs. There's so many different preferences out there. So how are we as the body of Christ supposed to navigate these times that we're in? Oh, I'm glad you asked. First of all, we don't need to be stone throwers at those that have a different preference than us, right? Come on, we don't need to be wedge drivers. Come on, our number one command is to love, is to love, amen? So I want you to see something here that I believe that Paul gives us part of the answer here today because if we're not a stone thrower, if we're not a wedge driver, what should we be? Come on, we need to be a bridge builder. How do we do that? Ephesians chapter four, verse two, look at it with me here. Nick, throw that up there. Ephesians chapter four, verse two says, always be humble. Everybody say humble. And what? Gentle. Look at this. Be patient. Oh, how many of us like the word patient? No, we don't like that. Be patient with who? With each other. Making allowances for each other's Wait a minute. Making allowance for each other's. How many of y'all got faults today? Am I in good company at World Harvest Church? Now, let me, let me make a statement here. I need you to make sure you understand something. My life in Christ, you got to understand. My life in Christ, I'm perfect in Christ's eyes. Come on, I am flawless in the eyes of God. God created me, Brad Mendenhall. I wish I was six foot three, but I'm only five foot seven and a half. Come on, but I'm flawless in the eyes of God, right? In Christ, I'm perfect. But this is our challenge, folks. How much of Christ am I allowing to live inside of me? 
That's, that's the hangup we have, right? How much of Christ are we allowing to live inside of us? Now, how many of y'all would say, I got some room to grow? Come on, husbands, you're not a perfect husband. You're getting better though, right? Wives, keep your mouth shut. Don't poke your husband right now. <laughs> Vice versa. Come on, we all got some room to grow, do we not? So let me ask a question. Do we all have some faults? Yeah, I believe we do. But as we continue to pursue God, God works on our faults and corrects us, right? So what does he say to do? Go and, uh, what, what does he say to do? For our faults, go and go back, go back. What does he say for our faults? Go back to the scripture that was up there, Nick. What does he say to do? Making what? Make what? Make allowances. Church, what has happened to our ability to give grace for one another? We're going to make mistakes, right? Making allowances for each other's faults because of why? What is the driving factor to this scripture? Huh? Love is the driving force. Let me just illustrate a little bit further. Uh, Evan, come help me out right quick. So when we think about the makeup, our, our life being like that tree there. So let's say Evan has a behavior in his life that he's simply living out based upon what he values, which is based upon what else? His belief system. And say, I've got the same thing. I've got something, a preference, an opinion in my life. And this is what I believe. How do we handle our differences? This is the big thing you got to understand. How do we handle our differences? Well, Paul said in Ephesians, what do you do? Make allowances for those, right? So in other words, Ford trucks are definitely the best trucks. If you want a good truck, you drive a Ford truck. Evan, what truck do they need to drive? GM product. G- GM product. You're wrong. Give me those rocks. I'm gonna, my, where's my rocks? Oh, he's got the ax. He's got the ax. He, he, now, for the record, those of you who was here three weeks ago, I took him down on stage. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that? Wait, can we roll the highlights of that? Oh, just kidding. Just kidding. So who's right? What's the truth? I... <laughs> You know, I read in the Bible that uh, the disciples all, was all together in one accord. So does that mean it's a Honda? Is the best, one accord? <laughs> I know, that was a lame pastor joke. That was a lame dad joke right there, you know. <laughs> well, in other words, there's some preferences that we have in our life that if you're not gonna find an absolute truth in the word of God, then why are we fighting so much for? Instead of throwing rocks, driving wedges, what do we need to do? I need to build a bridge. Because a Ford lover can get along with a GM lover. Or a Dodge. Now, that's a fun just pun at this whole idea of building bridges. Let's bring it down to reality. What if I believe a certain value that gives me a core value regarding the vaccine? Can I still embrace somebody that doesn't have that same belief? Yeah, maybe regarding masks. Yeah, I know masks are almost an old topic now. I understand. That's so much yesterday, you know. But can we do that, right? Now, you think about this. Now, this is going to get really weird really fast, but just this is illustration, okay? Stay with me. What about my marriage? Like I said, I know it's weird because Evan's up here and Tammy's not up here, all right? 
But this is what I know about our difference, and I'll dive more into this next week. I've, I've got my perspective. I've got my position. Tammy's got, can you play Tammy for me today? Can you? Okay, there you go. All right, there you go. You weren't quite as cute as she is, though, but anyway. She's got her position. She's got what she believes in. And listen to me, in any relationship this applies, a lot of times we think, well, if we can just meet in the middle. Let me tell you, there's a lot of times you can't meet in the middle. But this is what I've learned. I've got my perspective. She's got her perspective. But the answer lies somewhere in between. And again, I'll dive into this more next week. But we think about the making allowances for each other. I could pretty much bet that in any situation that you're facing in your life, you can throw a stone, you can drive a wedge, or you can choose to build a bridge so that you can come together in the middle in this. We've got to be bridge builders in this. You know, Evan, I just, what, what would our culture be like if we was more driven to build bridges than to create controversy? I don't know. See, this is what drives me in this thought is this. When I look at the early church in Acts chapter 2, I don't know about you, but I love to read about the miracles, the signs and wonders that took place. Anybody love that? I mean, the supernatural took place. I can't help but think, did the early disciples, because of their common unity, the community, did that create the environment for the power of God to flow? I believe so. Church, for us to see God's power begin to manifest again in these times and these days we're living in, we've got to work on this part right here. Amen. Thank you, Evan. Give Evan a big hand there as he goes. We've got to work on the power of building the bridges. When you think about even the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ, where did he get most of his criticism from? Anybody know? You know who it was? The religious leaders. You know, because you know what Jesus was doing? He was building bridges. He was hanging out with sinners. He was hanging out with prostitutes. See, the religious people were back throwing the stones. But Jesus was building the bridges. We're living in a world that's hurting right now. We live in a world that is confused right now. We're living in a world that needs Jesus more than ever before. So will we answer the call? There's people out there in our world that don't think like us. There's people in our world that don't act like us. There's people in our world that have different lifestyle than us. But if we're gonna take a real Jesus into the real world, how are we gonna do it? Gotta build a bridge, build a bridge. Come on, build a bridge, come on, say I gotta build a bridge. I want you to stand to your feet with me here in these closing moments of this service today. And I just, I, I think of, in this closing moment, one of the best stories of a bridge builder outside of Jesus in the scripture. And it's the story of the Good Samaritan. It's in that story of the Good Samaritan. If you're familiar with the story, great. If you're not, I apologize. But the story tells us that there was a Jewish man that fell up on hard times. He was beat up, he was robbed. He was in the ditch. And this is what's crazy. Some of his own people passed by. He talks about that there was a worker in the church temple that passed by. He said he looked at him and he went on his way. He said the second guy that came by, he was actually a priest at the temple. Somebody who should have had some compassion looked at him, crossed the other side, and kept on going. 
But it took a Samaritan, somebody that was different, a different race, a different belief. It was different. That was even despised by the Jewish people. Instead of walking the other way, turning his eyes away from it, he said, I'm going to build a bridge. What did he do? He went and helped that guy. There are many people out there that are hurting. I believe that in these days that we're living in, that we as a church got to be the answer to this mess in our world today. Got to be the answer. Part of it is building those bridges. But it's truth. Thanks again for listening. We hope that this message inspires, challenges, and fuels you up to take a real Jesus to a real world. If you'd like to connect with us in any way, please go to harvestenid.com connect. Or if you'd like to learn more about us as a church, please go and check us out at harvestenid.com. We can't wait to share another message with you next week.